Hey, Chosen Girl fam. I'm Liz. I'm Sarah. And welcome to the Chosen Girl Tell Me About It podcast. We are two best friends passionate about having real conversations about where real life meets the gospel. Meet us here every Tuesday as we go to God's Word about different topics we all face. No matter if you're in the car or doing laundry around the house, we hope that you feel like you're sitting right across the table from us enjoying your Chick-fil-A sweet tea. Yes, girl. We would so love if y'all would take the time to rate and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget about our free resources on our Instagram and at thechosengirl.com. Let's get this party started. Welcome back, a Chosen Girl fans and listeners. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Chosen Girls Tell Me About It. Um, I'm Liz. I'm Sarah, and today we are so excited to kick off our discipleship series with two very special guests. We have followed these girls on Instagram and seen their hearts and known their hearts with what they do with their ministry, Delight Ministries. And we are so excited to have a conversation with our new friends, Mac and Kins. Woo, we are so excited. <laughs> Cue the applause button. So guys, we're just going to hop right in. We're so thankful you're here. We're so thankful. I feel like it's one of those situations like instant friends, like two girls in ministry meeting two girls in ministry. Like y'all just said, we're all around the same age, um, match made in heaven. And we so admire what you guys are doing and all that you have done and all that God's doing with delight. So if you want to start with telling us a little bit about each of you personally, and then we'll get into what you guys do with Delight. Yes, I am so pumped. Also, Sarah, love your accent. You got a good, um, <laughs> no, Southern, Southern, right? A Southern girl. girl. Yes. It's so funny because I'm from here. Like if you move 20 minutes east of Nashville, this is what you sound like. I think that is true. That is true. You're so right. Now that you say that, that everybody I know who's like from that part, it's, they have that good Southern draw that I love. Yes. So here we are. That is so amazing. I love it. Me and Mac are constantly practicing our country accent. Country. (laughs) With a K. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like we're getting pretty good at it. So I don't know. Anyways. um, (laughs) Yes. Okay. So we are so excited. My name is Ken's. We're both named Mackenzie, but I go by Ken's and Mac. She goes by Mac. But yeah, I, first of all, I guess I'll, I'll start off. I'm from, I've lived in Nashville now for like nine years, which is crazy. Um, but I am from Los Angeles, California. So I'm, I have a good old like Valley girl accent that totally I'm totally girl. Like, I'm trying to like hold so tight to that thing. I, I, I just want to, yes, be true to yourself. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's good. soon, soon I'll probably transform. I like it too though. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, I am recently and newly married going on about six months. Um, and that is really exciting. It's quite, yes, congrats. yeah. So, and that's like my life in a nutshell, that delight, Nashville friends, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations okay. on marriage, girl. Okay, go ahead, girl. I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. It is a moment to celebrate. We're excited. For Our, sure. We got one married. We're doing well over here, you know? <laughs> we always talked about a lot of what we talk about is, is dating and relationships with uh, another ministry that we run for the girl. And we both were always laughing. We're like, why are we talking about this? We have no success in this. And then uh, now we at least have... Kids can be the model of success and I can be like the, you know, the, the token failure in a lot of ways. Whatever girl, <laughs> that's okay. No, so it's fun. Yeah. You have both perspectives, but so yes, I'm back. I, um, just actually moved from Nashville to North Carolina. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, just as at that stage in my life where I was really missing my family and my family's all here. Um, I'm the youngest of four kids and I'm really close with my parents, my siblings, and my siblings are having like nieces and nephews now, or they're having kids and I have nieces and nephews and just wanted to be around all that. And so, you know, doing all the ministry stuff kind of remotely while the rest of our team's there in Nashville um, and then kind of traveling back and forth. But 
see a couple things about me. I'm a pastor's kid, so grew up in the church my whole life. Love it. Girl, so you're much. talking to two PKs right here. No way. Yes, girl. I love it. We're in good company. This is awesome. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pastor's kids. I literally just got done. I went and had lunch with my dad and it was so fun. I always tell people that my dad's like my biggest role model and biggest it's so fun to have a dad that I love and admire and respect so much for, for what he does every Sunday morning and the way he leads, but even more so for just who he is as my dad um, and how I watched him be a husband and a dad and just like an amazing man. And so I have such an incredible example to look to, which I love. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> yes. We are so happy to have you guys here. I know I've already said that twice, but I will say it again because it's true. And in your introduction, not only are they like rocking the college campus ministry with delight and, and involving so many girls who I know use delight as just a refuge and a source, but also they run an amazing podcast, guys. Y'all make sure to go subscribe for the girl um, because they cover so many amazing for the girl who is anxious, for the girl I saw recently, y'all said for the girl who moved to a new city. And I'm like, that's so needed. So thank you for being a resource that is so needed. Like that's, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Thank you for saying that. We love recording our podcast. It's like a hot mess. I don't know about you guys, but we get some, you record these podcasts. Of course, there's like really great moments where you're like, that was awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me those words of wisdom that's only from you. And then other times you're just like, what did I say? And we have the po post po podcast, like cringe, you know, where you're like, yes, oh, that was so terrible. We yes. Do, we do. We do. <laughs> You're not alone. You're not alone. Sometimes I'll be like, why did those words just come out of my mouth? Yeah. I'm, I, I have so much embarrassment for anyone who will listen to this in the future. So it's just, it's just a part of the journey. Yeah. It's all fine. And we're, we're, we're our own worst critics for sure. So I don't know about y'all. We pick apart everything and, and I'm like, you know, probably the biggest person to make fun of myself is myself so that's <laughs> that's fine yes yes we always uh, have to text each other sometimes and we're like can we scrap that episode can we just not put that one out there and it's like okay sure team, team yes effort. so if one of us isn't here for it we got to scrap it <laughs> yes for sure for sure so let's start with do y'all wherever y'all want to start with delight or for the girl tell us all the things so our followers can start following you and learn more about what you do yes for sure okay yeah i'll give you a super quick story of delight so kins and i met actually at belmont university which is in nashville and we met because our moms introduced us in the cafeteria because we had the same name. They like embarrassingly, embarrassingly forced us to meet. We were like, hi, hi, you know, this is awkward. Um, but we actually ended up kind of hanging out a couple of times and toward the end of our freshman year, we actually went to dinner together. And it was just one of those conversations where we sat across the table from each other and we were like, whoa, this matters. Like God is doing something wow. here. Um, I really just felt like, I mean, I had good friends freshman year, but I, I never had a friend like Ken, someone who could really uh, push me in my faith and challenge me in my faith. And just through the words she was speaking, the, the care she showed in my life, I was like, gosh, this friendship is really going to have significance and matter. And so we got back sophomore year for college and um, decided to start a Bible study together. We thought it was going to be like five to 10 women every week, nothing more. Um, but we are both, you'll learn this about us. We are both like pretty, we go ham and just about everything that we do. Yes. <laughs> so we went pretty ham and just inviting people and saying, Hey, come be a part of this. And so that little Bible study turned into truly like a women's community on our campus. And so wow. what we thought was going to be five or 10 women ended up being like a hundred women by the end of our sophomore year. Wow. And we were just like, God, holy smokes. Insane. Yeah, this is so crazy. Like what's happening? We had no clue what we were doing. We were the most naive, under equipped, unprepared leaders, but God continued to show up and do amazing things. And what we found is that gosh, college can be so difficult and so hard and you're going through all these different struggles and the enemy likes to convince you that you're alone and you're the only one walking mm. through that. Uh, but gosh, there's such power in knowing that other women are experiencing the same thing you're going through and God is speaking to them in the midst of it. Yeah. And we've learned so much 
and hearing how God is moving and speaking in other people's lives. And that encourages us and that challenges us and that pushes us further into the heart of God. And um, we just found so many college women were needing that. And so we said, hey, we kind of had a, a cool model that worked on our campus. What would it look like to start these on other universities? And then um, a lot of sweet moments with the Lord later. Uh, today, we have like chapters on 193 universities across the country, which is Girl, insane. that's amazing. Yeah, but I think it just speaks to, uh, gosh, how important community is in college, how important it is to have other women who are chasing after the same thing, who are keeping their eyes locked on the same thing, and then how fun it is that when you see a group of women doing that, it's attractive and people want to be a part of that. And yes. um, we're just seeing more and more women step up and say yes to leadership, say yes to being used by God. And that's really starting to change the culture of their campuses. And so it has been the most incredible journey, most beautiful thing. And so if you're a college girl and you're listening to this, check out to see if there's a delight on your campus. Yes. Um, and if not, you can always think about starting one and actually bringing delight to your campus, which is huge and exciting too. So that's kind of delight. And then out of that came For the Girl, which Ken's, I'll let you share about For the Girl. Yeah. So we just, um, over, I guess, just a couple, a year or two ago, we we decided to start a podcast and then a bunch of other little things, which all stemmed out of, you know, okay, so one thing in Delight, we really tried to avoid in our curriculum. So Delight, they go through like books each uh, semester. And, we and they're gorgeous. I've oh. seen your books. They're gorgeous. So aesthetically oh. pleasing. So pink. I mean, yes. we, we're queens of judging books by covers. So we were like, okay, we've got to have like a good cover. It just fits up. <laughs> For sure. Yes. <laughs> so anyways, though, we tried really hard. I'm sure you know this, like a lot of women's group, when you get a bunch of girls together, it's so easy to start talking about love, relationship, boys, things like that. And so we were like, okay, we really want to protect our delight chapters. It just be like about Jesus and like maybe like hopefully the conversation won't go there, at least not every time. Um, and so we kind of, we never included much about like relationships within our curriculum. And then eventually though, they're like, okay, we want, we need direction in this area. Like we need some truth in this area. And so we compiled a book that was all about dating and relationships. We called it For the Girls. So that was kind of like the beginning beginning of For the Girl. And it was oh. such a hit. And then we decided to put a podcast out around that. We created this whole like dating personality quiz thing. So somehow, like Max saying, we got in this whole date. We were perceived as dating experts, which is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Um, we've come a long ways though. Now For the Girl is we really kind of rerouted it. It's really just a place where you can find so many resources to um, just encounter God every single day. So we have like all types of things. We have really incredible Bible studies in there that really help like scripture feel real and alive and easy to comprehend. Oh. And they're all like attached to our podcast and we do some other fun things in there. So it's really, really awesome. It's a place where me and Matt can use our voice a little bit more, which is really fun for us. So um, yeah, everybody has to check out for the girl it's very girly it's we try to make it fun and then also like full of really like a lot of truth and to challenge our people in their faith and not just stay comfortable or complacent and so we get we just love it it's so fun for us that is that. amazing oh well, I'm, I'm so thankful that um that in sharing how all of this got started that it didn't, you didn't have to have already had all the leadership experience that you needed and all of the resources that you needed, but it was that God honored that you just got started. And I think that's just a beautiful message for anybody who has a chance to hear it, that just move. The Lord will, will watch over you, will guide you if you just take that first step. That's beautiful. Yes, that's right. He really will. So he true. Will. Oh my goodness. So with, I know, so how long... Ha, Okay, I'm like having an ADD moment and I'm trying to ask five questions at the same time. So I'm going to start with the first one now. It's <laughs> my first podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. been, um, so what year did you guys start Delight? Um, ooh, 2012 was when we started it at our campus. And then I would say officially got up and running in 2015 when we graduated was when we went like full, full yes. speed ahead 
So through the years, and I know that y'all have probably experienced so many changes of both like culture, society, but also like massive growth. What has been one of your most motivating factors that keeps you going and keeps you inspired and, and just kind of clinging to your mission, stuff like that? Yeah. So good. Um, to be honest, I think the biggest one has, I think been our friendship and like our partnership in all of this. Um, you know, when you are young, because we were young, I mean, we're like 19 when this started. I mean, I would like to think that we were mature and that we were really just like spiritually had it together, but we were not at all. (laughs) We were a hot mess in so many ways, but it is so true about iron sharpening iron and, you know, there's just the power of putting two people together, the power of partnerships and, um, Ken's and I, I feel like have really been able to grow together and on days where I was maybe like, gosh, this is hard. And like, this is, this is not what I signed up for. She was so excited and gung ho and so close to Jesus in that season. And I feel like it, it flipped a lot of times. And so really being able to do this together, um, to be just that reminder that like, number one, you cannot do this without God. And then you can't yes. do it. And I you have to do it in community it's actually more beautiful and more powerful and more impactful and more fun when you share in the fruit and the richness and the rewards of everything and then you also share in the struggles and the hard days and um, I really believe if it would have been just one of us I, I honestly don't think any of this would happen would have happened and so I really believe um, that the coming together of the two of us I mean how sweet that God gave us the same name so we wouldn't miss each other um the most beautiful testimony to me of of god's goodness and and that truly we started this whole community that was built off of the community the communion that we had with each other so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is amazing yes we could go on and on about um partnerships and doing it together we're like find somebody, run with it, run with a friend, like chase after Jesus together, whether it's like a calling or it's a, it's a new dream career or idea, or it's just like living life or like find people to do that together because it will encourage you and inspire you every single day. Teach you so much about God's heart and lift you up in those moments that are really tough, you know, that's so important. Oh, we need to have you guys on for a whole nother talk about accountability and (laughs) and healthy friend with like girl, girlfriend relationships. Like, because I know that so many girls struggle with that. I've struggled with that myself. And and when you do find that missing piece, that iron sharpens iron accountability, like, oh, it is, it is such a gift from the Lord for sure. So we know that Delight, um, you all focus on discipleship. Yeah. Um, what does discipleship mean to you? Mm. Yes. Such a good question. And it's so funny. Um, Kenza, we talk about discipleship so much. It's one of the things that, so we have leadership teams at college campuses. All of our chapters are five to 10 student leaders who actually go wow. and lead on their campus. And it's so interesting because it's so easy when you're leading a ministry to get really wrapped up in the logistics of like, oh, we got to have good snacks. We got to make it cute. We got to like, you know, have enough money to be able to do certain things. And, and I mean, yes, we love all those things. We love like bringing your best before the Lord, but Ken's and I are always trying to get our leaders to go back to, Hey, what is this all about? (laughs) And this is all about helping women to encounter Jesus, to know Jesus, to, to get deeper into God's heart and deeper into God's plan and purpose for their lives. And I think that we forget the beauty of the simple uh, method of discipleship. And Ken and I kind of boil discipleship down to a couple of different things. And um, discipleship has to happen in the context of relationship. And I think there's two mm. steps to it. It's just so simple. Step one, there has to be an invitation. You have to invite. I think if you're wanting to step into discipleship, I think like number one, you have to be a pursuer. Uh, mm-hmm. it's actually really beautiful in Ken's and I's friendship. Like I told you guys, we went out to dinner that last night of freshman year 
what's so crazy is that Ken literally pursued me that summer. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. She seriously did. I remember her texting me. She was literally like on a mission experience in Alaska. And like three or four times throughout the, the summer, I got these long texts from her that were like, hey, how are you? Just wanted to check in. I'm so excited to, to be your friend when we get back. Like, oh and gosh. I remember text and being like, who is this girl? Like, she really wants to be my friend. Wow. But also I felt so loved and so invited. Like I was like, I had no doubt in my mind that she wanted a relationship with me. Like she wanted yeah. a friendship with me. And that is so rare in our world today. People who don't just like go, Hey, let's grab coffee and never follow up on it. Um, but people who go out of their way to invite somebody in to me, that's the first marker of discipleship an invitation, yeah. the depth of an invitation. And then number two is investment. Mm. Um, so you start by inviting and then you follow up with investment and investment to me is it's not complicated. It's actually really simple. It's saying, Hey, come into my life and walk with me as I follow Jesus. And so I follow Jesus in everyday mundane moments of my life. Like sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's um, as I'm grocery shopping, sometimes it's as I'm going to a church service, all these different things. And so um, for me, rather than making it like, oh, I have to sit down for coffee with this person once a week and we have to go through these very structured questions or whatever it is, sometimes it can look like that. But for me, it's like, I'm going to the grocery store for 30 minutes and like, she can come with me and like, let me come with me. And then in that 30 minutes, um, I'm going to show you what I do, but then also I'm going to invest in you. I'm going to ask those questions that go beneath the surface. I'm going to really invest, not just in your walk with Jesus, but I'm going to invest in your whole life. And when I invest in your whole life, that part of your heart for Jesus is going to come into it so naturally. And so I think we would just define discipleship in the simplest of terms of like, invite and invest, invite and invest, wow. do it over and over again. Keep inviting, keep investing, keep inviting, keep investing. And that's so practical. Like when you just <laughs> break it down that way, because I, Liz and I talk about this all the time, how I feel like the enemy and culture and, and so many factors of life have a so internally focused that we're so most of our prayers, and, and this is okay if that's you. I think that everybody's in this season at some point in their life, multiple times in their life where, hey, all of my spiritual energy is going to keeping myself up and I'm trying to keep myself out of depression or anxiety or, you know, you're, you're learning. You may be new spiritually and that's okay and, and everybody is there and everybody's going to have those seasons. But I think that um, the enemy would love to have us just complacent in not looking at inviting and investing in other mm -hmm. sisters in Christ and truly being the hands and feet of Jesus. Like that's literally like when we talk about hands and feet, like it doesn't have to be donating money or, you know, thumping the Bible to someone. And we, we think <laughs> of it in these like cheesy terms, but when you're like, Hey, do you want to ride to the grocery store with me? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's something you're already doing. And, yeah. and that's, it, it's almost like the magic in just the mundane, like just, okay. yeah. Hey, I'm cooking dinner. You want to come over and cook it with yeah. me or whatever. Liz and I do that all the time. And then I make her cook because she's the best cook between us two. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a yeah. good way to do it. You want to come over as I well, make dinner? Yeah. I thought we would talk about you? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but really you're just making me dinner. Yeah. It's discipleship. <laughs> but yeah, Sarah, you're so right. Like, it's really like so discipleship is thinking about yourself less, right? It's thinking yeah. about yourself a lot less and thinking of others a lot more. And okay. gosh, it's hard to do that. You got to get, I mean, it's also paired with a whole lot of humility, right? It's like, right. You know, even those things that Mac just mentioned, inviting and investing, like it means that, yeah, you're thinking about yourself a lot less. You're texting another person, even when you might be rejected or when she might ignore your text or she doesn't want to be friends with you and she doesn't want to hang out, but you're putting yourself out there anyways. It's investing when like it feels really awkward and like really weird sometimes, but you're like doing it anyways. It just takes so much humility it yeah. takes so much humility and so much selflessness. Um, putting yourself out there, you know, for yeah. other people, for, for the kingdom of God. It's just cool. It's so cool. 
it reminds me of that verse. Um, I think Paul said it. He's like, follow me as I follow Christ. And so like we're disciples of Jesus, but then we can also help disciple other people. Like as long as you're following Jesus, somebody can say, Hey, follow me as I'm following Jesus, like little ducks in a row. Like, yeah, so, so cool. Good. So Kins, what, what is a piece of advice that you might have for someone who's wanting to continue being a disciple, but have found themselves in a season where they are just spiritually depleted? You know what I'm saying? Like they might be battling depression or anxiety, or just there's a lot of things going on in their lives and they're like, I want to cling to the Lord and still be an active part of his kingdom. How, what is a piece of advice for someone who's in that part of that season? Yeah, no, that's so good. I'm so glad we're having a conversation about that. I thought about it actually as we were just talking because there have been seasons of my life where like, yeah, I felt like I just didn't have anything to give or maybe like, yeah, I like, I, I remember multiple like worship nights or church services where I was going back to back to back and I just felt like I was kind of sitting in the pews and like, kind of there just for me, like just to yeah. learn and just worship on my own. And mm-hmm. I did experience, like I have experienced, I guess, like a lot of guilt with that too. Like, I'm like, I think I need to be like, I'd watch other people like praying over people and I'd watch like, then I think about my friends who were like getting coffee with girls and giving, giving, giving. And I'm like, I feel like you just can't right now. Like, just feel like I have nothing to give. And I guess like the reality of that is like, you really might not have a lot to give and you might just need to be with Jesus. And like, that is so okay. There's been plenty of seasons for me where I haven't like probably like intentionally pursued somebody or like discipled somebody like weekly or monthly or something intense like that. I've just like kind of been with Jesus and like had a break for a second. Those moments are so life-giving and so I would tell that person like give yourself some grace and take some time to be with Jesus um I would also say like that shouldn't be the end goal like let's be people who really press in you know like meditating on the word of God doesn't just look like reading it and just sitting there but it's actually starting to activate the word of God in your life and like letting it actually like set into your spirit so then you can go back out into the world and I think um that we have to be to be thinking of of that too and not grow too complacent behind the scenes because actually there's a part of going out as well that starts to just activate something and you like if you won't ever really get excited about discipleship until you like try the thing yeah so um that's really exciting too so yes I think it's like kind of twofold one be with Jesus, give yourself a break. I needed to hear that so badly in some seasons. Um, and yeah, be in an atmosphere of worship. I talk about this all the time, like those night worship nights, those conference events, like something like that, where you can like stir something new in your spirit is like really, really, really good for you. Um, so find moments like that, seek them out, be with Jesus, like spend a lot of time with him. Those mornings with him are so special. And then number two, like once you're feeling out, like you're kind of getting back on your feet, um, try, like try to start pursuing somebody, like try to meet, ask somebody out to coffee or um, share Jesus with somebody random in the grocery store. Because I think through even just trying a little bit, you'll get more excited about it and then you want to do a lot more of it so even if you're like sitting behind the scenes you're like oh I don't know if I'm ready like maybe just try and I think you'll get more excited through like the action in it so yeah I'm so glad we had that conversation though because gosh it's a real it's such a real hard thing sometimes. Thank you for being real in that because I feel like in the society we live in it's always like try strive keep going keep hustling and that's really great sometimes (laughs) but then there are other times where you're like I can't give if I have nothing to offer like (laughs) so just not feeling condemnation remembering there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ like you know show grace because God's gonna be showing you grace like there's I think of Liz and I for some reason we're obsessed with farm analogies I don't know if all of our trust girlfriends 
Yeah. Yeah. We do both come from farming type families, especially Liz. Liz is like an expert with growing things and making things. She's got to make y'all some sourdough bread next time y'all are in Nashville. So, oh my gosh, it's wonderful. Um, But how like, you know, even with agriculture and in the Bible, this is referenced a few times, how you have to like let the soil rest. Like you can only use soil for so many years and then you have to let it like rotate or take a year off or take X amount of time off to get the nourishment back in that soil. Because literally all of the vegetation that is growing in that soil, it's taking the nutrients out of the soil because that's what soil is supposed to do. But then the soil has to go through a season of getting those nutrients back. Mm -hmm. And no one's criticizing the soil saying, you suck, you're horrible soil. Like, no, they're going to get their nutrient back. They're going to get back in their swing and they're going to produce so much more crop and so much more harvest, maybe more than even before, but not if it's overworked, because if it is overworked, it can't ever be used again. So Somebody needs to hear that who's down on themselves. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to build upon that and just say that the, ahead, only, the main reason that that soil becomes depleted is because it was producing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay. As, as you are doing what God has called you to, to do, that you need to stop and be replenished again. That means that you were doing the right thing and yeah. that you were giving. And so don't never feel so guilty good. for that. So good. I literally, and I can speak to this because, um, I feel like I feel like leaders aren't honest about this often. Yeah. Leaders are usually only in front of people when they're at their sparkly, shiny best. <laughs> and um, this summer, actually, I took a three-month sabbatical. I literally Good left for you, kids girl. for three months. <laughs> I took June, July, and August off, and um, it was so it was so interesting because my first month off, I, I knew I needed to do it. I was just exhausted and drained, and I was starting to grow bitter towards God yeah. in a lot of ways. I was like, God. I was like mad at him. I was like, you've overworked me. Yes, <laughs> and then I, realized girl. That, I realized that first month I was like, no God, I overworked myself thinking that like you needed me to do all these things. When in fact, like what you really wanted from me was for me to be with you. And it was like, mm-hmm. I had to relearn a rhythm um, in that three months of what it looked like to just be with God, be with God, not so that then I could go and do all these things, but just to be with him simply to get to be in his presence. And it was the most beautiful thing. And it's like so cool to now be back in, you know, back in after those three months and uh, those rhythms that I learned, I am now taking with me into every day. And like, I, re- I refuse to get back to that place again of so yes. exhausted, so burnt out and so drained. And um, I love that we're talking about some agricultural images because one of the things that God really spoke to me in that season was that like, I saw myself as the workhorse. I saw myself out as like Mm. the worst out in the field that just like was bloodied and battered and like just old and ragged and all these things. And like, I had to just stay out there, keep keep working, keep working. And he really spoke to me one day and he's like, you are not the workhorse. Like you are, you are my most prized horse that like literally maybe you're out there in the fields doing what you're supposed to do. But every night you get to come into my stable and like every night you're being brushed and you're being groomed and you're being fed like the, the best things that you can possibly have. And just that picture so that of like, Oh no, no, no. I might be sent and sent out to work on behalf of like what God has called me into. But if I don't return back to that stable to get the nourishment and to be taken care of and to be honestly just like admired and and uh, really like poured into, then what I do out in the fields doesn't matter. Yeah. And so um, it's been a sweet season of like, hey, if you, if you need that break, it is so important to do it and you will come back so much better on the other side of it. Amen, girl. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yes. You know, I know we've already talked about, but I feel like just our culture in America, especially, it's just like, there is no time. If you take a moment to rest, that you're going to fall behind. Yeah. And um, my dad had this saying about when he first became a Christian, that he felt like he, that the world was leaving him. And he felt the Holy Spirit say, no, you're leaving the world. And we're not called to be of this world. But we won't realize that until we take those moments to consistently come back to God for that constant reminder. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because especially leaders, I don't, we feel like we don't have the space or the opportunity or it's shameful to admit that we need to be replenished and take a break. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned what the Holy Spirit has shared with you about 
that you are prized and that you that that space is always there for you to come back yeah, um, yeah. even when you feel battered and tired that you're so cherished oh I love thank you I really appreciate that I needed to hear that mm, yeah and while yeah. we're keeping it real because <laughs> that's the only way we know how to be but you know whether if you're listening and you're thinking you know all that I do is is teach a Sunday school class at my church or I don't even really you know do any kind of volunteer work that would be labeled like church work or ministry work or anything like that but in any situation of burnout whether you're you know I feel like the Lord gives any anyone special talents or gifts or personality traits um careers that they're supposed to be in and if you're facing burnout for the sake of just striving and keeping going and keeping hustling it's really like okay who are you doing this for now are you doing it for god or are you doing it for you because i've been in like i just laying it all out on the table i can get so tripped up in the pride of the work because i do and just like all of us, like black girls, y'all should be so proud of your work. Like praise the Lord. Y'all are in over nearly 200 college campuses, you know, spreading the gospel to a very critical time in women's lives. So like, yes, we can have a sense of pride in our work, but when it becomes like a toxic form of pride for me, when I'm like, oh yeah, I'm hustling. We do this, we do this. You know, I'm like, okay, is this about your glory or God's glory? And when it becomes more in my mind about working for the sake of hustle, then that's when burnout immediately is on the horizon for me. So I've had to learn like there is so much grace in breaks. <laughs> there is no shame. You don't have to excuse those away. You don't have to justify those away. I mean, of course, make, I'm sure when you took your three months sabbatical, y'all prepared for that and you let people know like, Hey, this is what's going on, but you don't have to justify that. And there's going to be people come against you and say, how dare you, how dare you stop doing that? And there's so many toxic expectations that can come along with that. But if you're doing what you know is of the Lord, getting that holy rest and, and kind of rewiring your priorities of like, Hey, when I come back from this little, uh, spiritual vacay, this is going to be about God. It's not going to be about me. So I've got to be nourished and filled with him and emptied of myself. <laughs> so that was okay. your unsolicited, uh, confession of a girl in ministry here. <laughs> it's so real. It's so real. I about love the ugly that. parts of myself. <laughs> We all have them. We all do. I know. I know. So this is a, this is kind of a hot take on a question, you guys. And I'm really excited to see um, your input on this, but how is being a disciple of Christ different from labeling yourself as a Christian? Mm. I know everybody went, Oh, <laughs> that's good. I have, I mean, I can add to this. Um, yeah. I mean, I think just um, being a disciple of Christ is is following what Jesus' example that he set for us, right? Like it's living a life that um, honors him. Um, and yeah, we talk a lot about this of like what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus that is wholehearted. Like every part of your life is like sold out for Jesus, like every part of it, whether it's what you're doing in work or what you're doing after work, what you're doing in your free time, what you're doing on the weekends, like the relationships you have, the way you act and um, are in relationship with your family, like, um, you know, all of that, like that's all included and that all could be a lot more like Jesus. And so, gosh, I feel like, you know, being a disciple of Christ is ultimately following his example. Mm -hmm. And um, he went all in and he lived it out in every part of his life. And like, gosh, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm forever convicted by this because of course there's areas, sometimes big, sometimes small, that maybe don't look a lot like Jesus. And so I'm constantly, okay, like how can, you know, and people, people really want to follow people who are all in, who are like wholehearted, yeah. like that looks like really yeah. attractive, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, you're not going to be able to carry that influence and even lead other people 
you're not like really living it out yourself, like it really, really does matter and is all connected to this conversation yeah. about discipleship. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's so important. Yeah. And I would add too, and we Ken's and I talk about this all the time that like uh, um, oftentimes what people are missing in their faith that is, it's not a sin issue. It's not a relationship issue. It's, it's a passion thing. It's a heart thing. And um, when you look at the disciples, you know, look at the disciples. These were these people, who's, these men who spent day in and day out with Jesus, you know, three years walked around with him. And then when we pick it up in the book of Acts, they cannot help but tell every single person about this guy that they knew that totally transformed their life. Yeah. And to me, a disciple is someone who cannot help but tell every single person about the one person who has transformed their life. And um, I think the difference there is a lot of people are Christians and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, Jesus is pretty cool. He's all right, you know, like whatever. <laughs> hey, right. Whatever, you know, but a disciple is someone who is like, oh, I've committed to the ways of Jesus, the words of Jesus, the works of Jesus. And I will tell everybody about that. I will change the way I live because of that. Like I will literally uh, get rid of my plans, get rid of everything and to follow that, which talked about kids. And so I really think like a disciple is someone who is passionately walking with Jesus. Um, and gosh, I would hope, like I think about like in, in relationships, like if someone's not passionate about me, they're not like one to tell everybody about me, then like, are, do they really care about me that much? And yeah. so I think it's, when you're walking with Jesus, like that is like, a it, it signifies love and it signifies devotion when you have to tell everybody about it. And so I think that's just one marker we can look at in our life. Mm -hmm. That is so convicting. Um, thank you so much for just the practicality of that, because we, we have used the analogy, we use, okay, so y'all are, getting to know us real big time we use a lot of food analogies and farming analogies we we use what we know we know farms and we know food so we talk about how so many times like we compartmentalize our lives as like individual chocolate chips when really mm -hmm. like when you become a disciple of Christ and when not only you accept Christ as your Lord but like he's acting as Lord and you're following yeah. his teaching and his word and your and the guidance of his Holy Spirit it's almost like when the breading part of cookie comes together and puts all of those chips together in one unit it's not just individual chips like oh yeah I'm this and I I'm a wife and I'm a sister and I'm a Christian. It's not just another label, another chocolate chip. It's like, Hey, I want to be a Christian wife, a Christian friend, a Christian coworker. And it embodies every bit of that. So, so that is so good. You guys. I love that you, that you detail both of you so beautifully that being a disciple is not just receiving what the Lord is giving from you, but it's putting it into action. Yes. It requires a response from us which, you know, yeah. goes around with our, with being chosen, like, we know that we're chosen, but are you going to act on, upon yeah. that decision yeah. and that gift that we have been given? But I, I'm so thankful that you provided so many practical examples of what, how to be a disciple. Um, do you have any advice for someone who um, can make the most out of the person on the other side being discipled, whether that's from a mentor or someone older? And, you know, I think back on my life, how many, like my grandmother, I wish I'd asked her about all these questions, you know, people who could have been mentors. And I don't want to, I don't want to waste any time and miss out on all the goodness and the wisdom that God has blessed them with. So how can we be better, how can we um, be discipled or be receiving that more? Yeah, that's really good. That's so sweet. I like, I'm so with you. I I, I'm always so convicted about this, even just hanging out with girlfriends sometimes. I'm like, gosh, I need to ask them like better questions so I can actually like learn, learn from them and not yeah. just be like chit-chatting or whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, for the person on the other end, yeah, if you're surrounded by any like awesome leaders or if there is somebody who's intentionally meeting with you or if um, it's just a really good friend who's wholeheartedly pursuing Jesus and you kind of indirectly feel like you're discipled by her, like I would, I would encourage you to, gosh, we already brought this up, but think of yourself 
less and just like learn soak it up um I think when we go out to like coffee with people or when we go out to lunch with people we often are kind of thinking about ourselves we're like what's the next question I'm gonna ask or like do I look weird while I'm eating or like you have other thoughts in your head of like some random thing and you're kind of like self-consumed and in your own head and like maybe yes. even anxious the hang or whatever and so gosh yeah I would just encourage you to just like soak it up and try to think of yourself less and start to ask some really tough questions like ask them the tough stuff like the stuff that you like genuinely want to know and I've been confused about or I've had doubts in like just and on the other side that person leading you will love it that's so fun for them to get to teach you in that way and then second to that I would say be like as honest as you can um with them about things that you're walking through gosh like I think that we can kind of tell half of this story right we 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 use this term called fake vulnerability too Mm. where you're like vulnerable but like you're kind of just like being vulnerable to like be vulnerable and you're not like really sharing like the gross, messy, really embarrassing details. Yes. And so yeah, I think it's important, right? To like be so honest. The more that you share, the mo- more honest you are, one, you'll experience so much breakthrough through just expressing that. But two, it's going to actually give them the insight they need to be able to speak truth in your life. I can't tell you how many times I go out to coffee with girls and they are kind of getting at something like they kind of want to share something, but they don't really share the full story. So I really don't know what to share. And then I just say something general, like a blanket statement because I'm kind of confused. But then there's those coffee dates or those hangs or somebody I'm discipling where they like share the raw, honest truth. And then I can then like, get in it, get in the trenches with them and like actually have something to contribute to the conversation and hopefully something that will really change, like will create like so much change in your life. So yes, I would say those two things, like ask good questions and try not to like be consumed in your own thought life. Maybe even come prepared with questions sometimes yeah. if that's like the setting. Um, and then to like be as honest as you can, cause it's going to be like way more productive that way, you know? So it's kind of like if you were sending photos to a dermatologist like you wouldn't filter them like you would want them to see like hey this is what I'm dealing with give me something to help me with this but if it's filtered you can't get any help you know that's actually such a good analogy wow you guys are queens of the analogy And honestly, you remember so much with, with analogies. I, I think I need to start learning about farming or something. But. <laughs> We're just two romantics. Like, <laughs> listen, uh, we love just like putting a story to something. Like, I feel yeah. like I'll be a really great old woman. Like, <laughs> you know how old women always have like the best stories and stuff. And yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're basically just old women. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> So this is kind of going along with that. So um how has your life changed like practicing the following like practicing following Christ versus just kind of labeling yourselves as a Christian. Um, I don't know your guys' full testimony, so just share share what you, you feel comfortable with sharing in a nutshell, but I know that there always is kind of that moment of like, whoa, like this Jesus thing actually works. So share with us a little bit about your testimony of that. Yeah, so good. Um, yeah, I think both of us like really had that moment probably in college when Delight was kind of just getting started and beginning. And um, I think that like I I told you guys I'm a pastor's kid. So I was used to, they always say there's two pastor's kids. There's like the wild children and then the angels. And <laughs> yeah, I think I was definitely more of like the angel. Like I did all the right things. I said all the right things. But um, to be honest, my heart was never fully in it. Like I, I more just wanted to like please people than yeah. I did because I was in love and enamored with who Jesus was. 
Um, and really that happened for me in college. And I think, um, I think a couple of things when I, when I think about if you want to move from just calling yourself a Christian to becoming like what we talked about to becoming a true disciple of Christ, I would, I would just push you to do two things. This is as simple as it gets. You've probably heard this before. It's nothing new, (laughs) but number one, spend time with him literally every day. It does not have to look like an Instagram feed. It does not have to look like this perfect thing, but like, just like, one of my best friends, like when I get done with work, she's the first person I want to call just because I love her. And like, we do life together and all this stuff. And I think, gosh, what if we had that same posture and that same heartbeat for Jesus? It's like when something good happens to him, he's the first one we want to call. Yeah. We wake up in the morning, he's the first person we think about. And I think the only way to do that, the only way to get your heart to follow suit with what you want, what you want your heart to actually be craving and desiring and wanting is to get to know him, to be with him, to open up his word, to talk to him throughout your day. And so figure out how you do that. Like figure out how are you, do you best connect with God? We're not cookie cutter versions. We we're all going to connect with God so differently. The way that Ken's does her time with Jesus looks so different than my time with Jesus. And we love that. And we celebrate that. And so try some different things out. Like, um, don't feel like it has to look like your, your best friends or your pastors or anything like that, but just spend time with him, whatever that looks like. I think that's so important. And then the second thing is like, find other people who are sold out for Jesus. And this is where discipleship comes up. Find people who are sold out for Jesus and force your way into their lives, basically. Um, Like when you're wanting to disciple someone, I would suggest inviting and investing. And I would say the same thing if you want to be discipled by someone, or if you want to be in relationship with someone who's sold out for Jesus, invite yourself into their, into their life, basically. Just be like, make it easy on them. Be like, Hey, I know you have 30 minutes free here. Can I just, can I come along with you? Like invite your way in. People love that. Like when people do that to me, I eat that up. I'm like, you're making it so easy on me. Like, yes, come on, like, come do this with me. And then invest. Kenz, you talked about asking those good questions, like being prepared. I think it's the same thing. And so when you see people that you're like, oh, I want to have a faith like that, get in our life, do what you can do. Like if it's a church community that you're like, I'm not in yet, but like, I want to be in, get in, like show up. Like it might be uncomfortable. It might be weird at first. Um, It might feel like you're kind of having to fake it for a second until you're fully invested. But I just think you can't go wrong. Um, Loving Jesus is so contagious. And so when you get around people who love Jesus, that love will start to flow through you too. And I think that's, I think that's the moment of transformation. That's exactly what happened in my story. When I was in college, I found a community of people who are running hard after Jesus, people like Ken's, and it was contagious. And suddenly I wanted to spend time with him. I haven't done it perfectly all these years, but like, uh, I craved that daily time with Jesus, those little moments um, yeah. in between my day. And then those big, longer extended moments, like in the mornings or in the evenings. And so uh, really simple, but I think, I think that's how we move into being like a true disciple of Christ. That's so good. It's making me think I, I, I want to share this little story really quick. Do it. Do it. Kind of all encompassing discipleship, this whole conversation of like inviting and investing. Okay. So it was so fun. I was on a walk with my dog and my neighborhood recently. I was just like walking around the block in my sweatpants, just chilling out. And a girl who was running by like on the other street, she came running towards me. And I think she like went the different direction to come towards me. She runs by me and she's like, oh my gosh, hi, this is so weird. My name's Abby. I live in the neighborhood and like, I listen to your old podcast. I think I know you. This oh. map, first of all, I was so honored. Also, that never happens. So let's just, I'm not excited to say that. Okay, so she comes up and um, she talked to me for a little bit and like something about her, just like, well, you know what Mac was just saying about like putting yourself up, making your way into relationships, like whether it has to do with a friendship or somebody you want to disciple you or a church community, like go out on a limb and like maybe embarrass yourself. I mean, that girl, I mean, for all she knew, I was going to be in a grumpy mood, walking my dog and didn't want to talk to her, you know, but she would have tried anyways. And she like came up to me and 
um, she was like, can I give you, you know, or can I get your phone number? Like we're neighbors would love to reach out and do something or whatever. I was like, oh my gosh, girl, of course. Like she was just like the sweetest thing ever. So I gave her my number, um, went home. I was so honored. I mean, if anything, of course. you know, you somebody is gonna bless them right it's so blesses them um and yes I, anyways I re reached out to her and she texted me she's like would love to hang her and her roommates came over for dinner um and it's been so sweet we've gotten to build this little relationship we're neighbors it's so cute but but she has really put herself out there it's just the sweetest thing recently snow days she came and knocked on my door during this yourself and then tonight we're going to dinner me and my husband they invited us over to dinner at her her house with her roommates she's in college I mean it's so random right that we're going out us 28 year old just going out to their house for dinner but I'm so excited um Josh is so excited too it's just like so cool you know and I really think it's just a little story to encompass like you really like it's so important to surround in with this whole faith thing you got to surround yourself by good people who are chasing after jesus and so yeah make your way into it and there's a number of people probably around you who you could like do something similar with you know so i'm so inspired by her now i'm just in love i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely that is oh, so, so sweet. Oh my gosh. And it is so humbling. You're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Liz and I, our line is always this, you like us? Thank you. Like, <laughs> I'm so <laughs> thankful you like us. Like, yeah, I love that. You like, want to hear what we have to say about Jesus? Thank you so much. <laughs> right? Right. It's so true. <laughs> yes. Um, well, Liz, do you have any questions or are we, are we ready to wrap up? I don't, I don't want to wrap up, but y'all it's like two fifteen. Thank you for staying on with us this long. <laughs> oh my gosh, of course. How fun. I know that's when you know it's good is when it's like, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> do you have any last like words of encouragement or pieces of advice for our listeners? Um, wow I mean I would just say I think you're you're already doing it right you have these two incredible women in Liz and Sarah yeah. just pouring into you guys and I mean I love it I think you can do that virtually like you can have those people that you look up to and so I think that's so awesome and then finding those people in your everyday day-to-day -day life who can sit across the table from you and really show you Jesus I think like there's such beauty in learning from one another and um, I've always believed this and seen this to be true that like each one of us carries like a piece of God's heart. Like we are God's workmanship, his mm. handiwork. And so there's so much to learn about our God through his people. And so I think you can never go wrong in investing in people and uh, learning from people and seeing the presence of God in the midst of people. And I think that's what's so beautiful about discipleship is that, you know, the more and more you do this, the more and more you, you disciple people and are discipled in return, you are going to catch even more glimpses of the father's heart. And so I just think that's so cool. It's such a beautiful picture. And um, I'm excited that y'all are going to be talking about discipleship even more, like getting into the nitty gritty the next few weeks. This is going to be an incredible series. Yes. We're so super good. excited. Super excited. So how can our people find you everywhere? Yes. Okay. Well, they can online, of course. Um, it's just Delight Ministries and For the Girl. And then, of course, on Instagram as well. They're two separate accounts. So at Delight Ministries. Um, and there you'll find everything, like whether you want to see if there's a delight chapter at your campus or if you want to um, start a delight chapter, you can do that there. So that's really exciting. Gosh, like stepping into leadership is an awesome way to keep your faith alive and to grow and mature. And everybody's called to leadership. It's really just like getting to share Jesus. So that's so sweet. Delight Ministries. And then For the Girl is at For the Girl underscore 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 I don't know so many underscores I don't know why but um <laughs> for the girls are really fun you can catch us on there doing weird videos and having just a lot of fun 
really fun little ugly photos of Mac and I just like we are like, what the heck? Where's that yeah. photo come Never. from? But it's there <laughs> in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but we love it. And it's yes, yeah, so we would love for you guys to just follow our little journey and get to continue to pour into you, all of your listeners as well. So Thanks for having us. This is so yes, fun. so fun. Oh my gosh, y'all. We are just so honored to have you guys at, on this podcast and as new friends. Like the Lord just brings people together and it, it's just so, it's so fun. I'm like, God invented fun and it's, it's great. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, make sure to follow them on all of the things. If you're a college girl, make sure to check out um, the Delight Chapter at a campus near you. Or if you're feeling convicted about this podcast, uh, like Max said, you know, apply mm -hmm. to get a chapter at your campus. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> that's for today, guys, and we'll continue on with a few more characteristics each Tuesday for the next following Tuesdays with this discipleship series that's it for today fam thank you so much for listening and make sure to rate and subscribe and don't forget to visit us on instagram at chosen girls movement or on our website to see our merch and free resources and meet us back here next tuesday